0: My name is Michelle Marguerite Marquez. I was born in Scotland and I now live in Barbados. This is a podcast for purpose-driven top performers. You see, I've coached some of the most successful, fascinating and talented people in the world. I have an innate ability to see the potential that most cannot see for themselves. My intuition tells me when to challenge people's thinking and when I've found the fertile ground underneath. I ask the kind of questions most wouldn't ask. I say the kind of things that most people wouldn't dare and nothing is off limits. I'm really good at sniffing out what my clients try to hide, and I don't stop until we get deep. I coach around thinking. We have a real conversation. You think one way. I bring expansiveness. New thinking happens and suddenly your whole world changes in an instant. This podcast is called The Undeniable Leader because high level thinking creates undeniable leaders and that changes everything. Welcome, Beju, to the Undeniable Leader podcast. I'm so excited to have you here, actually. Thank you for joining me today.
1: No, thank you for having me. Appreciate the uh, appreciate the, uh, the opportunity to speak on your podcast and to your fantastic audience, Michelle.
0: Thank you. So what would make this an extraordinary conversation for you today?
1: That you get what you want to serve your audience.
0: Hmm. That's awesome. Thank you for that. But I want to know what you need to get from today's conversation.
1: I don't need to get anything from this conversation. You know, my whole, <laughs> I don't. I really don't. I my whole life is about serving others, and I do that every single day. So this is another opportunity for me to serve uh, people that may not have come across someone's work that I do, and an opportunity to maybe you know you probably know the kind of sort of uh, questions they come up with and the challenges they have. So yeah, if you if you come with those sort of insights and maybe some of my, some of my learnings through my own life and through academia and uh, corporate world and starting my own business might, might help. Do okay. And all, all the rest of it.
0: So what are the challenges that you have right now? Myself now? Oh,
1: yeah. I, I, you know, my business is going really well. You know, it's like I'm at the stage now where it's all about taking it to the next level. So start my business, what was it, 20, 15 years ago? First five years, fantastic. Everything I touched turned to gold. There was a bit of a plateau, just various things and realigned myself about four or five years ago. And uh, we're at a place now where, yeah, it's just about being really succinct about our marketing, succinct about our target audience and making sure that we serve the people that we want to serve in the best possible way.
0: Perfect. So what is your current mission?
1: As is always, in the last five years, so our mission is to um, have everybody in the world be exposed to what we call entrepreneur thinking in order for them to create a life they desire. And based on the original definition of entrepreneurship. So let me ask you, Michelle, do you know what the word entrepreneur means? Uh,
0: yeah, my own definition of it. Yeah, what's your definition
1: not, of it? It's not my own definition. What, what is the definition? Not your definition. What does entrepreneur mean? What would you say? Definitely.
0: Entrepreneur, for me personally... I, no,
1: no, no, not for you, not for you, what it actually means, the word means.
0: No, why don't you tell me?
1: You tell me what you think it means.
0: I think it what means someone it means? Who, who's driven, someone that's on a mission, someone yeah. that's uh, leading their own way, yeah. yeah. who's making a difference in the world, hopefully. That would be my definition
1: of an entrepreneur. And I would um, say yeah. Ninety percent of people will think the same, which and they'll be right, and they'll be right. along the roads, but the the actually, if you look at the word entrepreneur, the etymology of the word comes from a Sanskrit word. That Sanskrit word is "Athena prana," directly translating means inner spirit or inner motivation. So entrepreneurship is all about. We're all born with this drive, this drive yeah. to create. Right. So, it's, and the Western world have adopted the word. Um, To where we add something, add value to something, be it a product or a widget or a service, add value to it uh, and make a profit from the world. But as you said, you didn't mention the word business, you just talked about a way of being, you know, in terms of uh, someone who's driven an opportunity. The key differentiator about an entrepreneur is they're willing to take calculated risks, they are not scared of failure, they have a high level of resilience, which is built up through muscle memory throughout the years. So for me, when you have that, we're born with that way of thinking, I believe. Now, I'm not saying everybody's born to be a business person or be an entrepreneur, but have that entrepreneurial way of being. And then society, school, parents, we all start putting these layers and numb down this vision. So if you look at a child up to about uh, 10, 11, ask them what they want to do, and the world's the oyster. Yeah.
2: It's
1: amazing. From 11 up to about 17, 18, their, their, their ambitions start numbing down. You know, instead of being an astronaut they want to be a train driver now there's nothing wrong with the train driver nothing wrong with that at all but it's that ambition i down so we have these layers of stuff that puts us and then we have to undo all this we have to unlearn all these things that we supposedly have learned that allowed us to be the person we want to be and then you come across groups on facebook linkedin clubhouse whatever and you start listening to people who have achieved significant things in their life you're actually They're not thinking the way that I've been brought up. They're thinking this way. They don't look at problems. They look at opportunities. They don't look at failure as a bad thing. They look at it as as an opportunity to learn. Well, that's different. Never thought about that. And so my mission is to um, have the world, have the opportunity through the platforms we're developing, uh, entrepreneurial thinking in order for them to create a life they desire. Wow,
0: that's awesome. And I, I really love the way that you say everybody in the world So there's no limit, you know. A lot of people that I talk to will say, "Well, I want to impact ten thousand people, or I want to impact this amount of people." But you're really going huge. Everybody in the world.
1: Yeah. So, so my mission is that they have exposed that way of thinking. What they do that way of thinking is up to them. Someone to start a business. Someone to find a career. Someone to work for a charity. Someone to do NGO. Someone to volunteer. It's that way of thinking, the abundance thinking, the 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 not the uh, the way of looking at every problem as an opportunity is what can we solve today? Leaning into the issue, leaning into our comfort zones to push our potential, and then with that outcome, what can you what can you create? You know, as an entrepreneur, I want to employ people or work with people who think entrepreneurially. I don't want to pay, employ someone, whether that be a freelancer or someone on my books, with an employee mindset. I want someone with an entrepreneurial mindset. So. That's that's the, that's the vision, yeah.
0: So what was it that happened in your life that made you come to that realisation of your b
1: I grew up in a very, you know, university, you go work and all the rest of it. You know, my, my I did a degree in accountancy first, but I sacked that one well, no, it was maths first, and I sacked that off and I did a degree in psychology. So my first year was a psychology lecturer, and I fell into that by accident, but I loved it. I loved the opportunity to educate others. I did a master's in sports psychology and I wanted to be a sports psychologist, but I needed to finish my master's and I, um, I left my teaching job to get a sales job. And I aimed to be there for six months to see what happens. I ended up being there nine years and traveled around the world. It was a great. I had a family as well. So it was, it was a relatively easy job. Um, and during those years, I got frustrated. I thought, no, I, you know, I love, I want to contribute to the world. I want to be able to coach and train and teach and all those sort of things. And so got to a point where in 2006, I was on a business trip to New York, went fantastically well, uh, telephone figures in terms of commission with this deal. And I sat on the hotel bed for about three seconds. I was ecstatic. And I thought, then I felt empty. I thought, hang on, I can't get any better in my job. You know, I can't achieve much more than I have. So why do I feel I've not achieved? And it was that, that was all the turning point, right, that's it, I need to get out left my job uh, a few months later once I got some practical things sorted out. And the being, being that person of, right, I want to be able to, to be the person that on my deathbed, people say, do you know what, he cared. And his main purpose was to help others achieve their excellence. So it's come from there.
0: Awesome. That's really cool. So who was it that influenced you in your life and cared for you?
1: It wasn't one person. My dad was a massive influence. You know, he passed away a few months ago and he was, he was not money oriented at all. He was very community man. He grew communities. He was a community leader. And it was evident when he passed and the number of phone calls I got from people saying, oh, you don't know this, but my dad, your dad helped me do this. Your dad did this. And I thought, did he? You know, back where he was living in India, then he lived in Africa and the UK. So it was unbelievable. There would have been a thousand people at his funeral if it wasn't for, you know, the pandemic. Um, so my dad was the silent hero he was the unintended influence if you like in my life but um, one of my strengths and one of my Achilles heels is the same thing my strength is I'm not money motivated my Achilles heels I'm not money motivated so what that does is is it's not about the money which is right it's about the big vision however without generating the kind of wealth I need to generate my vision won't be realised so um, that's something that needs to be worked on so there's a lot of people like uh, someone like Will I Am. If you look at Will I Am, right, a, most people, the layman thinks he's a he's a rap music artist, but he's a futurist and he's an entrepreneur, and what he's created around him, and he's if you listen to how he talks, even if you listen to the voice, the way he talks about the artist and how he's in the world, it's unbelievable. And um, and he's someone that I look up to. Think, Do you know what? He doesn't ha- he doesn't have to put himself in a box. Because you know what? I create, so my creations through music. Some through futuristic projects, others through talent spotting and he's through his agency and others through his entrepreneurial volunteering activities. Yeah,
0: Yeah, yeah. He's an incredible businessman, actually, I
1: think. Massive, massively good, yeah.
0: Yeah, incredibly intellectual and, yeah, just like you say, the way he thinks and the way he looks at the world. But again, that comes from his experience, right? Growing up where he grew so we've
1: up. All our, we've all got our own blueprint and filters that we come from. You know, some yeah. you know, show, you know, two sons that one dad's, the you know, dad is a, is a drunken layabout and one son says, well, the reason I'm drunk layabout, look at my dad. Another son is a millionaire. The reason I'm a millionaire, look at my dad. Yeah. You can take that one example and take, you've got two roads to choose from.
0: Yeah, same backstory, but it's mm-hmm. the choices that you make, right? Yeah. 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 So, what choices did you make in your life that helped you balance both your strength and your Achilles' heel with money? Because I can identify but, to
1: that. Yeah, actually. Well, it's, it's an ongoing thing, you know. I don't think I've sold it. It's an ongoing thing. Yeah. You know, academia, doing sales, a lot of money. You know, got three fantastic kids, you know, going for the divorce, and all that stuff that happened. But then coming out there and being friends now, and that working out, and it's just a constant thing. Where the last sort of three or four years, it's like, okay, now you need to get serious. And like anything, if you're running a business, every business is a media business. You know, the better marketers, and the better media, the better businesses. It's not necessarily the better products or the better better financing. It's those with better exposure. Distribution will give you leverage. Leverage gives you exposure. Exposure gives you influence. So we're all working for that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What would you say uh, would create the leaders of the future?
1: Mindset. It's the mindset, you know. People think leadership is a label. Leadership is not a label. Leadership is not a position. Leadership is not a um, uh, hierarchy. Leadership is an attitude. It's a mindset. You know, anybody can be a leader in that respect. So, and you know, look at the pandemic for all of the bad stuff. Leaders had to step up. Yeah. You know, some are good, someone not so good, and you know, the proof's in someone else's perception of that. Now, what is leader? A leader empowers and and embodies a sense of community. Uh, A boss or a manager um, disempowers and orders and creates a sense of control and disempowerment. Yeah. And that's the key, we need more leaders in the world. And the pandemic has shown there's a lot of leaders by title who aren't leaders, they're just bullies. And it's understandable. Yeah. Mm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Have you had an experience of bullying in your life?
1: I think we all have, yeah. Probably. Not to the extent whereby it's given me severe psychological damage, but where it might have restricted progress at work or progress in terms of opportunities with business, but nothing that I can say, you know what, that was so obvious. Um, And I've been fortunate with that. I can't think of many times where it's had a significant impact, but probably have, but not to the point where it's really damaged me or had a psychological impact at all. That's quite interesting.
0: That's really good. In your opinion, Beju, what would need to change in the education system and the way that we we bring our kids up, in order to create better leaders? Most people
1: think the education system is broken. Would you agree?
0: I I think to a certain extent it really is broken. Yeah,
1: it's exactly as it. It's not broken at all. That's exactly how they want it to be.
0: Well. Yeah, exactly but when, another, when you say you use the word "broken" in terms of taking people into the future that we have now,
1: exactly, it's exactly they want it to be. So think about it, right? Is if you look at all industries, medicine, aviation, um, anything, it's evolved. It's moved the times, technology. Yeah. But education is as it was when it was first created. Around how do we get people ordered to work in factories? Right? Yeah. So, is it broken in terms of how we want people to flourish in their lives? Absolutely, but it, it's not fit for that. The education yeah. is set up to ensure we have people pressing a button, reacting, getting rewarded at the end of the month. So that's why we, you know, that's why we need things like podcasts and books and going Tony Robbins events and landmark and you know Clubhouse. We need all these things. Yeah. Now, hang on, if people come onto Clubhouse, for example, that's where we met, right? And people are asking questions. You're asking that question, and you're not surprised because they're not exposed to this way of thinking, because yeah. they're exposed to that sort of scarcity. You need safety first. You know, don't worry about. You know, you can't. Don't be too ambitious. Kind of mindset, and you realise the world is not set up where they. If they imagine, imagine everybody achieved their dreams, it'd be anarchy.
2: I it'd guess anarchy
1: in the world, it'd be complete anarchy. So they can't afford that to happen. Um, so it's a shame, and it, and that's why every man and woman's duty is to take ownership of their life and say, right, what do I need to do? Surround yourself with the right people. Um, So in terms of the educate, you know, I I was on this and my Ted talk is why teaching entrepreneurial skills in schools is essential. That was my Ted talk. You know, I've done all the, I'm going to change the school system. I'm going to go in there. And I went in, I went in, worked in schools. You go in there and you work with the heads and, and business leaders and say, right, we're going to bring in entrepreneurship and change the PHSE system, and they all give it, yeah, 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 yeah. Push comes to shove, all of a sudden there's no budget. All of a sudden, they ain't got time. All of a sudden, it's too busy. All oh, right, okay. So you'd rather teach them um, the history of World War One, which is important, but you are saying that's more important than teaching someone how to uh, how to get a mortgage or understand the psychology of money and savings, you know? So yeah. you realise actually they're pushing back because it doesn't serve them. Yeah. it doesn't serve them empowering people to the point whereby wow okay i could so as long as the few 1 5 10% get it that's all right just keep the masses and the pandemic and the reaction to the pandemic we don't want to go down the conversation but there's a lot of signs there whereby you know it's very hard to be empowered when you're um, when you're disempowered so cut the choices out be weak and people have succumb to little things and that's a shame that's why things like this kind of podcast and Books we read and going to seminars is really important because yeah. it gives people, oh, wow, really? We, we can actually have what we want? Yeah, if you put some work at it and change your mindset, you can.
0: Yeah, you got to put a lot of work in. How much work would you say that you've had to put into yourself?
1: That's the thing about understanding how, well, it's in my own personal development. It's every single day, it's constant. You have to eat every day. If you don't, and again, it's not about how much, you know, I, I'm, if someone says to me, Am I busy? Never. I don't do busy. I'm not busy yeah. ever. Right? Right? Productive and effective. Yeah. And I aim to be. When someone says I'm busy, you've got a lot on, oh, so you're a headless chicken, you don't know what you're doing. And I literally say that to people and they're like, how yeah. dare you? I said, are you achieving anything you want in your life? Are you effective every day? Do you feel like, you get to the end of the day, and think, do you know what? I didn't get what I wanted done. Right, so you're being busy. Great. But you carry on being busy. Or you can change the attitude around that so right, how you yeah. be effective and productive. And you do less to do more. We all know this intellectually and then it's about having those little tools and strategies around it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I always talk to my clients about slowing down to speed up. Cool. cool. And that's, that's that whole concept, you know, trash the to-do list, trash all the things that you think you need to be busy running mm-hmm. around doing and actually do the things that create a difference and, and, you know, and create some kind of results, even if it's just 1%. Mm.
2: exactly exactly yeah
0: and focus on those things so what are the things that you focus on that brings results in your life
1: um habits you know self-care is number one you know so three four two years ago I went on a big transformation where I lost 20 kilos to the point where my initial aim was to lose about 10 kilos um, and I didn't want to go on a diet. I didn't go on a diet, and I just wanted more of a lifestyle change. And I told my trainer, I said, go. I've got two non-negotiables. Number one is um, I can eat what I want. And number two is that I don't want to feel guilty for eating anything. He that's fine. you can do that. And I did that. But we also know in the context of if I want certain things, then it's sensible to have understand what food means. So I lost yeah. 10 kilos, and then he goes, right, we're going to go for a photo shoot, so now that's not my style. I'm not a PT, I'm not bodybuilding or anything. He goes, No, he goes, Well, no, your whole philosophy is around getting people to change the game, so let's do it. So I did that. So I went on, um, I lost another 10 kilos. I did a photo shoot, you know, the full gym work, you know, thing and all the rest of it,
2: yeah,
1: a game changer. And um, so that's and self care is number one, it's non negotiable, right? Non negotiable for me in terms of, yeah physical fitness, mental fitness, and doing it. And that comes first above everything else. And then that has a natural impact in terms of everything else because your mind is clearer, you're more motivated, you're more focused on everything else. But do I have blowouts? I have blowouts. But I don't feel guilty, ever.
0: Yeah. That's really good. I think that's a really good distinction to make, though. You can eat anything you want and you don't feel guilty about it. But so many people go into this cycle of beating themselves up, you know, for everything that they choose to do.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And would you say by thinking like that, it actually changed what you were eating anyway?
1: Yeah, of course you naturally do, because you do. If you say, well, you can have, the, you can have a, a donut or you can have um, asparagus, right? Naturally, if you have the donut, you're doing certain work. You think, why am I not either losing the weight or building my muscle? Okay, so I can, now I'm empowered. So I'm choosing, as opposed to someone saying you can't have donut, you can't have chocolate, chocolate, you can't have cake. Have what you want, right? But then you take the choice. So if you're aiming for a certain goal, it's like business. If you want to run a business, you've got to sell something. You can't say oh, I'm never going to sell nothing, but I want to run a business. Okay, well, good luck. Yeah. Work. So you know, so having that choice, you think, wow, okay. And the way that the, the trainers that I use work worked on that premise. Yeah. So all of a sudden, it wasn't about counting points and uh, going to weight washing do doing this right, changing and having smoothies all day no just understanding understanding food understanding calories macros and fats and carbs and all that and what it does to your body it's, just, it's, it's simple but people overcomplicate it with their own mind stuff
0: well that's the point isn't it it's the mindset having that mindset of I want to be well I enjoy feeling well you know, I can really do this. I can feel great every day and I can choose to eat whatever I like, but I'm choosing to eat the stuff that makes me feel well.
2: Mm. Mm.
0: There's a huge difference from, like you say, counting calories and just, you know, depriving yourself or forcing yourself into a way of thinking.
1: Exactly, exactly. It doesn't work. And uh, that's why people have uh, yo-yo diets and things happening. It just doesn't work. So, yeah.
0: I can definitely relate because I you you dieted for a very long time, a very long time. And I would go through periods of time of losing weight and then gaining back more and then losing a chunk again and then gaining back more again. God only knows why we always gain back more. <laughs> but that's just how because the cycle went for me. Until, my- yeah. Until I finally actually changed how I felt about myself And I think that's when clients say to me, oh, well, I want to get healthier and I want to change this in my life. And Actual fact, what I found for me was actually accepting me for who I am and loving me and changing my mindset about the person I was went a huge way, I would say probably about 80% of the way, to me then becoming healthy Mm -hmm. and letting go of the weight. And I actually let go of... One hundred and forty nine pounds.
2: Wow. Wow.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's a whole other person, right? (laughs) But yeah, and that's and people say, well, how did you do that? How did you do that? It was a case of changing my mindset and deciding what was really important in my life Mm. and forgetting about all the other stuff, like trying to count calories, trying to do it this way, trying to do it that way working on myself and getting my mind right was actually the best thing that I could have ever done after that the weight just it was so easy it, it was like so easy i didn't even really have to think about it
1: and always always the way because then it becomes part of your lifestyle and what you do
0: yeah mm. yeah it just becomes that it becomes that choice that's more important than the thing that you want to stuff in your face yeah. or yeah. the way that you want to be miserable because you did X, Y, Z,
1: right?
0: Mm, 100%. What, what would you say has been the biggest factor that's changed your life?
1: Yeah, that, that you know, doing that doing that transformation, you know, in terms of uh, the acuteness, you know, going for the divorce two, three years ago, before that, again, makes you look at yourself and think, okay, why did this happen? We thought things are going well and then you realise that certain things aren't as as it is and it was quite traumatic during that time, you know, coming out of that we're friends now so it's all good but you know that was probably the two significant parts well leaving my job to start my own business um uh the divorce and then the transformation they're probably the three significant areas you know having my children were great but for me i had my first child when i was 25 but it was just like nothing changed for me it was great you know I just like naturally got on with it people saying "Wow," you know how did you? My daughter's now 25. And she goes, You had me when I'm your age. I couldn't bet, I don't know if I had a child now, I couldn't, you know, make me on bed, make me the kids beds. So, how you had me at your age. Um, yeah, so yeah.
0: Yeah, I again, I relate. It's, it's really, I had my first son when I was 17. Yeah. Oh. Mm. My first son is now almost 31 years of age. It's pretty scary when I sit back and think, "Whoa!" (laughs) And I was just like you. I just like just got on with it. But again, I had that the mindset. My mother was amazing when I found out at sixteen I was pregnant. My mother was like, "This doesn't change your life. This doesn't change any of the plans you have." I was due to go to business school. I was. I had these plans for my life in place, and my mother said, "No, this just changes the path." It doesn't actually change your life. You know, it might make it a little bit more difficult. It might make it take longer. It might alter certain aspects, but it doesn't have to change the ultimate goal. And it's, for me, it's a lesson that stuck with me for my whole entire life. That's how I look at everything now. Exactly how I look at everything. Pandemic came along. Okay, that's a challenge, but it doesn't have to change the ultimate goal, right? Yeah, That's kind yeah. of how my mind has been set now, thankfully. Good. Well, so actually becoming a young mum was <laughs> a huge thing, of, a huge part of And I went to college. My mother said, you know what? You're going to call a college tomorrow. You're going to defer for a year. You're going to have this baby and then you're going to go to college and you're going to do what you want to do. And that's exactly what happened <laughs> in those exact steps, right? So and again, taking her making me take that ownership for what I actually wanted in my life was a huge big thing as well.
2: Mm, mm, I get that. That's good.
0: Yeah. So, what would you say is the that you've taken ownership of that's again made the biggest
1: difference for you? What I've taken on? Sorry.
0: Taken ownership
1: of that's well, made I, a big on, the health the health hundred percent the I was going for. You know, I used to go to the gym and. Eat things, but it was very much a, a tick box. I've gone to the gym. You know, what I did there, I don't know. I've done a few weights, did a bit of cardio, but there's no organization, there's no planning, there's no nothing.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, oh, I'll, I'll have a salad today. Why? Well, I eat something healthy today. But then, you know, the three previous day was, was, was shitty food. So it's like, you know, you don't, you, you well, don't count those. Don't count those. So it has to be healthy. So yeah, you know, once you start to take care of your own physical health, that has a knock on effect everywhere. Massive.
0: Yeah. So what would you say, aside from wanting everybody in the planet to be exposed to the thinking, what would you say is your ultimate mission, your ultimate, your highest, your biggest it's, vision?
1: It's that, because you know, we've got we're creating a platform around helping that happen using AI technology. And that platform won't be realized in my lifetime. And that's it. It won't be realized because it's so big in terms of what we want to create. You know, we, we got to a point of launching a platform just before the pandemic. We had to pause on it because the funding wasn't available. So we're reigniting it next year. So it's going to be even better because technology moves so fast. So what yeah. we thought we could create a year ago is even better. So that requires further financing and, and, and teams. And so it's, for me, it's no, there's no end goal I could get to that point because what I will create won't be realized in my lifetime. So just putting the foundations in place and putting it there with this platform where the end goal as a platform is to create what we call a, a personalized lifetime learning experience for every individual. So based on using AI technology is as people use the internet, it will then determine, which it does already, um, what we think your next best move is based on your behaviors. You know, you might think you need, you know, I need to start a business. I need to go and do a course. No, all you need to do is maybe read that, um, read that book or connect with that person. And sometimes people know what they may know what they want, but they don't know how to get there. And they assume the how based on their limited knowledge. So we use an AI technology. Actually, because you're looking at this, 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 you're probably looking at this. Why don't you have a look at this? Connect with that person. Network with that person. Read that book. Contact that course. Do this. Um, And people are reluctant to take action because they're afraid of, you know, people procrastinate. They're afraid or they want to get it perfect or I need more information or I don't think I'm good enough. With, with, when you take an out, when you take an action, one of three things occur: you either get what you want or what you expect; you don't get what you want or not expect, or a miracle. And most people don't get miracles in their life because they're avoiding number two. They're avoiding the thing they don't want or what they don't expect because they're afraid. And what they're afraid of is not the thing itself, but how they will react to that disappointment. So to avoid that disappointment, they don't take the action because they're not they're not confident in their own. Bounce back ability or resilience or dealing with failure. So they avoid the failure, which means by avoiding the failure, you avoid the success. Yeah. And you avoid the miracle. And
0: that's Perfect. it. Perfect. So I'm really intrigued when you say that your big mission won't actually be realized in your lifetime. How do you stay focused and motivated to go towards that?
1: Because it's not about me. It's easy. It's a, yes. of, it's a piece of because I, I don't wake up making it about me. I wake up there by my goal is to change one person's life every single day. But I'm not attached to known when, how, and who. Right? That's not. So if it is, what I'm looking for then is, oh, someone replied to my, uh, my Facebook post. Someone's replied to send me a DM. Oh, okay, yeah. that's evidence that my thing worked, right? Yeah. Now somebody be listening to this podcast, right, in your audience. And there might be one sentence I say during this that would shift them. I don't need to know who that person is. Now, if they yeah. turn up and message me and let me know, then great. So um, if I need it to know, then it makes, then it's about me. So my duty is to keep turning up and producing this. So I've chosen this career. So my duty as a coach, speaker, trainer, whatever you want to call it, is to run my podcast, appear in other people's podcasts podcast if it align with my vision, turn up on Clubhouse, turn up on Facebook, write books, turn up at conferences, do the thing, create this platform. Do the thing, then, then once things what people do when they create content, it no longer belongs to us. Yeah, it's not ours. It's not ours because if you can't produce a podcast, you produce this podcast or write a book, and then say put it out there. How someone then uses it, it's up to them, it's not up to us. They could listen, saying, Oh, this is a pile of, pile of rubbish, fine. Well, I think it's, it's, it's the best thing I've, I've listened to it ever, which yeah. is fine. So people have this notion that, Oh, I still own. The reaction to my stuff, you don't own the reaction to your stuff at all. That's up to someone else. So when you say, well, how can I keep focused? Well, it's easier because I'm not attached to that. Do I want uh, acknowledgement? Do I want uh, validation? Do I want all that? Yeah, they'll all come. They'll all come in their own time, but they might not come in the form that I expect. Yeah. And that's what get, a lot of people fall down.
0: Yeah. So true. I don't even know if we own the content before we even put it out there, to be perfectly honest. I mean, you know, I'm not sure it's ours to own. It's wisdom that we've we've been fortunate enough to be able to find in ourselves that we were meant to share with the planet. That's how I view content. Mm, And I think you're absolutely right. Not being attached to whether somebody else likes it or not or... Yeah, I I we had a conversation in one of the previous episodes about how many people we impact by one sentence or one word or a part of your story that they identify with and we will never know mm. if we impacted them or not and that's part of the excitement for me actually mm. you know and we'll never know how many people they then go and influence by or impacting by passing on that same Piece of information, or that same phrase, or whatever it was that impacted them. So again, I I love that that thought of by like you saying doing the stuff, getting yourself out there, putting yourself out there. Although that's that phrase is mm, something I don't really like, but you know, getting out there and actually, like you're saying, putting your stuff out and influencing people and and just hopefully even with a smile. One day, impacting somebody.
1: Yeah, yep, yeah,
0: 100%. Change something.
1: Yeah, yeah, not be attached to it, yeah. So I have this yeah. phrase, commit to the process, but don't be attached to the outcome.
0: Yeah. Well, that's the exact process of coaching, isn't it? Mm. To never be attached mm. to the outcome. Show up, be present, be 100%, fully yeah. aware, mm. and give what you what you're there to give, right? <laughs> Without the attachment of being right or having the right answers or actually making a difference, just showing up and caring.
1: Hundred percent. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. A lot of people do that.
0: So simple. <laughs> and really, actually, a lot of things in life are simple. We just human beings love to overcomplicate it.
1: Yeah, I agree. We overcomplicate things that allow us to well that gives give the perception or makes you look clever or makes you look. Uh, wisdom and it's probably the reverse
0: yeah so what was the reason behind your book you
1: tell Just us a little a bit, bit about that so I, this is my fourth book change your game and um, uh, I third book sorry I'm writing my fourth book at the moment so the idea of change your game was I feel that life's a game right you know it's all a game and when you play any game there's rules and if you play within those rules you're going to win but sometimes you need to break those rules to um, to get ahead of the game and for me, there's three games in our life. There's the inner game, which is your mindset, your emotions, your thoughts, your feelings. And it's understanding, there's two parts of it, the context you live your life and the impact you live your life. So if you understand the context in terms of you live your life, you're, you start to understand where your, um, your strengths and weaknesses lie and the impact you make. How do you naturally make an impact in whatever um, domain you're, you're working in, in a business or life context? And then you've got the, the second game is the game plan. And the game plan is your strategy, your roadmap of how you're going to create whatever you want to create. Again, whether that's related to your life and or business. So uh, a roadmap is knowing what a point A is and what point Z is and then reverse engineering that. But allowing within that game plan to pivot. So, for example, most people run their lives where they say, "Right, say they want to travel from London to Newcastle, right? And they said, well, the way they run the life is, well, I only do motorways. You know, that's how I, I, I only use motorways. Okay, cool. So I'm going to head off to drive on a motorway. And the first time you come onto against and it's closed, there's no motorways. So the only way to get to Newcastle is to take A road or the B road. But most of do doing life as well. No, 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 I do motorways. You don't understand me. So I only do webinars. I only I only go to these restaurants. That's, that's how I do it. I've always done it. And so they don't understand the pivot. And then they get stuck. And they wonder why life is not serving them. So understanding your roadmap, understanding your destination, but also being flexible in terms of the journey of how you get there. So that's the game plan. And then the third game is the outer game. And The outer game is actions, but it's not just about actions. It's more about how consistent and or persistent you are in your actions. And what prevents someone being consistent and persistent in the actions goes back to the inner game. And understanding what goes on there, because if you have like imposter syndrome kicking or whether you feel like oh I'm not good enough today or I don't feel great your, your actions are now inconsistent so and then you don't get results so if your actions are based on how you feel you're never going to do anything and I don't feel like going to the gym uh, most Monday mornings but I do because that's part of the commitment I've given myself and It's not yeah. so when you start to understand those three games determine your output your inner game your game plan and outer game and the relationship between the three. So does one feed the other? Yes, but for different people, it's different. different. So for some people, they need to be able to take action on something that means their mindset is appropriate. For some people, they need to have the plan right, the strategy in order for them to take the right action. For some people, they need to have the mindset right in order for them to take the right action. So depending on the context, depending on where you are in your life, one will feed the other, but you don't know which one. So I've created a scorecard called the Change Your Game Scorecard which determines your strength in each of those three games and then also what you can do to improve that game to ensure it has an impact on the other games. And each person's life, I can look look at someone's lives, look at their habits and it tell you which of the three games they need working on. Because some people might think, um, yeah, I need to be able to be more consistent. So give me a time management, action oriented strategy. Okay, okay. And then... After a conversation, after feeling the scorecard, do you realize actually it's your mindset? Because yeah. your mindset is in a certain place, that means you're not taking the action. No, 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 my mindset is really strong. I'm really good at it. Okay, cool. I just need the plan. Mm, maybe. So it's understanding the relationship between those three games. And once people get like exposure to those three games, they're like, oh my God, really? Wow. And that opens up, I realize that's where I need to look at when I look at areas of my life that are not working. That's that, that's that game the inner game or the outer game or the game plan so that's what the book's about it talks about strategies to conquer each of those three games
0: fascinating absolutely fascinating it's, I'm, I'm, again I, for me personally everything comes back to mindset yeah. mindset in every way shape or form whether yeah. it's action based or not right emotional behavioural action whatever it is it's mindset we can literally change how we feel in an instant okay, by yeah. changing the thoughts that we have, changing the pictures in our mind, changing the language that we use with ourselves
1: and everyone else. but in that moment, the key is most people don't take an action yeah and if they don't take the action then they then uh, they haven't got evidence of a new outcome, and in the in the new outcome is where you're able to oh, I've got new information now, what's the next action so yeah. They circle around the first action with the plan overthink procrastinate they don't take the action to have new evidence to take the next action
2: love it so what's your fourth book
1: it's called play your game so this book is called the last book is called change your game the next book is called play your game so this is how you change your game the next one's how do you play now the game through to ensure you get your a game and then the book after that is called win your game which is a complete action journal. To so you change, play and then win. That's the next two books. Love play. it. Yeah.
0: absolutely love it. So, mm-hmm. how do you play your game?
1: With so fun, with uh, complete um, joy, sometimes, but also allowing myself to, if things aren't going well, okay, just stepping back and being quite, um, not feeling guilty for taking time out. But it's different to procrastinating. And you play. I play to serve. And when I serve, we all win, 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 win situation. That's it. And we've got to have a laugh. We've got to have fun as long as you live with a life of integrity and not take yourself too seriously. It's not about you. No one's that important. When someone said, yes. I have got enough time, I said, listen, you're not that important that you haven't got enough time. So get out of your own way. Um, and we're, you know, the one thing that's common with everybody is time. You might be yeah. shorter than me taller than me, uglier than me, better looking than me, richer than me, poorer than me. However, the one thing that you cannot have more or less than me is time. I don't care what you've got. How you use that time which turn on energy, which turns on mindset. So That's a
0: whole different ball game, yeah, yeah.
1: When someone says to me, I'm too busy, I said, listen, you're not that important. Get over yourself. <laughs> and they're like, what? Well, you're not. You're not that I'm not that important, and you're not that important, so don't tell yeah. me. Yeah, what you're choosing to do is not prioritize what you think, so don't tell me you've got time. No.
0: Love it, I love it. You and I are very similar, I'm, I'm very straightforward and blunt with my clients as well. There's like I don't listen to the BS that they try and convince themselves with. Mm-hmm. It's like, so what would you say? Um, has been a difficult situation with you coaching people to get to change their mindset
2: never no. nothing
1: they wouldn't dare become my client if they, if they if it's difficult for me never because um, if they get to a point whereby well, they're part of my program the a thing difficulty comes from the point of their they feel they're not, they're not coachable Right, that's determined way before any engagement taking place. Now they might get uncomfortable, and they might have to do certain things they don't want to do, which is great. But that's not that's part of the process. Yeah, mm, I've, I can't recall a situation where I thought, "Oh my god!" Because if it's if it's harder for me than them, then it's the wrong client.
0: Oh no, I didn't mean for you. I meant for them. Like when you're when you're you know coaching someone and teaching someone about changing their mindset what's the biggest thing that you have clients struggle with
1: um what are they that is you know if you went to the core of it is they think they're not enough that's the core of it but then there's layers on that yeah ready um I need I need more information um I want to be it's too perfect um Uh, am I good and all that so when you rip away is that I'm not enough so if you believed you're enough and you believed you had everything what would you then do or or maybe I'll do this okay well let's do that oh no you don't understand I don't care if I don't understand let's let's take an action so a lot of my stuff is around you know I have like four levels of accountability and most people operate at task or goal goal orientated task and goal focused accountability what do you need to do get it done and what's the bigger goal? And then what's the series of tasks within that? And a lot of people who are playing at a higher level need accountability. But the kind of accountability they need is what I call potential-focused and genius-focused. So potential focus is like, okay, what's, what's the potential you're not realizing for yourself? Yeah. That kind of accountability, which is around who do you need to be, not, not what you need to do. And then the next level, which is the elite level of accountability, which is genius level. And that's determined by the odd conversation, the odd little nudge, the odd hair, but they they have a high level of self-awareness, they have a high level of emotional intelligence, they're insightful, so you might think they don't need accountability, but it's that genius level of accountability that I work on with them that gives them, that remains the edge in their game. Yeah. And it remains sharp as opposed to getting to a point where they're blunt and they're going to get task-orientated. they're task-orientated, they've gone too far back.
0: I love it. That's awesome. I really like that. What would you say would be, how have you managed to overcome not feeling enough in your life?
1: Yeah, it's like all these things, you know, when you're going for the divorce, you think, you know, how can someone who I'm a so-called psychologist and changing other people's lives and your life is all screwed up? You know, how can that happen? So that was that was a massive learning and sort of massive self-reflection for me, you know, I went on a yoga retreats, you go and go on different things and you do stuff to go and find yourself and you realize the answers are within. But we all, we all been on a journey. So um, and it's a constant thing every day, I have self-doubt every day, thinking I'm not good enough. Um, the only difference is when you do this work is we don't have the, uh, we don't have a right not to have any problems and we don't have the right not to feel inadequate. We don't have the right not to feel imposter. But however, when we do the work and we go on, you know, whether it's going on with these courses and seminars and you go personal development and stuff, is we now have a toolbox. So yeah. our toolbox is slightly bigger than someone who hasn't done the work that we can draw upon to use. So we don't stay, if we have a bad day Monday, and if you don't do the work, you're likely to have a bad week. If you have a bad day Monday, if you do the work, the likelihood is you've got tools that allow you to say, actually, let's reassess yes. this, and it only lasts for half a day or a few hours, if that. You don't say in the cesspit of that victimness and life's rubbish and all the rest of it. So that's the only difference. But with the toolbox, if you don't use the tools, it don't matter. You can have the best plum in the world. If don't use the tools,
0: it ain't going to work. I recently had a client say to me, you know, you're always so vulnerable in a coaching session and you're happy to share the crap that's going on with you or things that's happened. And I said to her exactly that same thing. I said, you know, I'm no different to you. I'm still a human being. I have my days where I might be a bit tired or I might be dealing with something outside of my business or whatever the case might be. But the difference is, is that I can identify it faster than some other people because I have those tools and then I can apply those tools. Mm -hmm. And that's a big difference. And I also have three coaches. (laughs) So, you know, at the end of the day, I've got someone that keeps my mindset in check and keeps me accountable and keeps me, you know, on track for my dreams as well. Three different people that deal with three different things. Yeah. of three different areas, right? Mm -hmm. And she was just like, I just find it fascinating because you see all these people that are, they want, they make it look like their life is so perfect. <laughs> and they're afraid to show you that their life is, is anything close to like yours is or has been close to like yours is. Mm. Have you experienced that with people in your life?
1: you get that, of course you do, because they, they think that, you know, they look at the veneer of Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn and all the rest of it and they think this veneer of that's what the reality is and, and how can you be so good and have so much trauma or doubt in your life? Um, of course you get that. And then it's, it's, that, it's that, like you say, when you show your vulnerability and you show, actually, I ain't got my shit together either. Really? So you've achieved all that and still not got your shit together yet. So you've got no excuse then, love. All right.
2: Exactly. No. You know? That's so,
1: it. You know, we're all full of it. So, <laughs> you know, to get on with it, some sm- some some of us are more smelly than others. That's all. <laughs> you just have to, just understand that we all got layers of stuff going on. It's just how you, how you allow yourself to say, okay, is that gonna? Does that life happen to you or for you? And if it happened to you, then you're determined. You're the your factors of other, but everybody else. But having for you, use every 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 opportunity, whether it's a problem or a challenge or an obstacle, um, to to your benefit and see what you can learn from it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm definitely of the mindset that life is for you. I mean, I've personally experienced. A great deal of trauma in my, in my lifetime up until about, um, I would say, maybe about seven, eight years ago, ten years ago, not, no more than that, um, when I finally started to really deeply work on myself and start to get some of my shit together, right? Because as you say, I don't think that we're ever all together, no matter how much you work on yourself, because obstacles happen, life happens, stuff gets thrown up, sometimes challenges happen just to grow you a bit more, you know. But in that time, I have experienced a lot of things that's made me the person that I am today, you know, it's made me a, a really strong you know, some would say hard ass individual, right? With a huge, big heart that loves bloody everybody, right? Um, Unfortunately for me, that's what makes me an incredible coach. You know, all of the things that has happened for me has brought me to this place now where there's no one that I can't coach. Mm. You know, there's no one that hasn't gone through some crap that I've probably either gone through or had a very similar experience of, right? And that's just, you know, again, like you say, it's how you choose to deal with the things and how you choose to react to it and respond to it that makes the biggest
1: difference. No, yeah, absolutely, 100%. I get that, I get that. And most people, a lot of, there's a lot of people who um, uh, don't really understand the, the benefits of high-level coaching. And what they do, and they, they go into it with a mindset of thinking, okay, am I prepared to do the work? Magic can happen. Yeah, it's great.
0: Oh, I think that's a good note to end, Bijou. Am I prepared to do the work? Great things happen. So let me just leave you with one last question. You've got all the books in the pipeline. You've got everything coming up. Everything's great. What other work are you prepared to do?
1: whatever it takes, you know, I'm doing another transformation. I'm, you know, so I'm doing another photo shoot in October. So be new. Nice. Yeah. So, um, uh, and again, that's not doing it for any sort of, well, look at my body and my transformation. It's more about what I, who I need to become in order to, for that to occur, which has a nat- natural impact on my discipline and my focus and, and what I need to do, which has a knock on effect in terms of my business. So, and then living that non-negotiable lifestyle.
0: Oh, I love it. Who do I need to become? That's right up my alley. That's where I specialise in. So am I, am I actually have a book that I'm working on right now, and it, the title is Who the F Are You?
1: <laughs> exactly
0: that. Who do you need to become?
1: And when's that going to be out?
0: That will be out in October.
1: Wicked, okay. good.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so look out for that. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really that's a, that's love this awesome. conversation. Oh, I really and enjoyed it. Um, hopefully we'll, we'll keep, you know, coming together and maybe even work on a project or two.
1: Who knows? Absolutely. 100%. Who knows thank you do.
0: so much. Thank you for joining you know, me today.
1: Thank you Thanks. for inviting me. And I hope, um, hope your audience find the conversation useful.
0: Oh, I'm sure they will. This has, been a, this has been a fantastic conversation. I'm sure there's definitely some nuggets of gold for people to take away and some insights that they can get for themselves. Right. For sure. Thank, Thank you so much. much. Speak to sure. you soon. Thank take care. care. Sometimes change can take time and sometimes your thinking changes faster than you can imagine. You have been listening to The Undeniable Leader with Michelle Marguerite Marquez. It wasn't called coaching for most of history. It was called leadership. And it's what I love to do. Coaching people to lead with purpose and challenge people's thinking. If you'd like more of this, please subscribe to the show and follow us. If you'd like to learn more, about our community of incredible top performers, go to www.theundeniableleader.co.uk.